This is the Action Network Podcast. Yes, it is. It's good. Without further ado. That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm going to leave it up there. You couldn't make that if you tried that again. Absolutely Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, NBA edition. I'm your host, Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined as always by Raheem Palmer, who's already yawning. Thanks for getting started on a hot streak, Raheem. And Brandon Anderson, who hates the Chicago Bulls more than he hates anyone in the entire world. Today's episode, all of the odds are brought to you by BetMGM, the official odds provider for the Action Network Podcast. You can find all of our Action Network analysis content. I have a big piece up um, on MVP questions you need to ask yourself before you decide on MVP. Um, and it's not just, do you know who Nicole Jokic is? Though you should know who Nicole Jokic is. Um, and not just, are you aware that Steph Curry makes a lot of threes? I don't know if you guys know this. But Steph Curry makes a lot of threes. All of that on our Action Network app. You can track your bets, do all that stuff. Great stuff. On today's show, I have 20 questions I'm going to go through with the guys. We're going, to, we're going to go rapid fire style, getting through a bunch of questions about where the NBA season sits, about the odds, about the playoffs, about all manner of things to let you know where we are at. We are roughly a month away. We're less than a month away from the start of the 2021 NBA playoffs. I'm very excited I'm very excited to hit this home stretch. The games have been great the last couple of days. I feel like we're through the dog days. There's in the NBA season, there's always kind of like after the all-star break, there's a lull where everything gets really trash. And then there's a good push the month before, up until about two weeks before the playoffs start. These next two weeks are like a golden time in the NBA in terms of, of game quality. Everybody's trying, except for the tanking squads. It's like a really good time. And then the last two weeks, everybody's resting and just getting ready for the playoffs. So really excited to do that. We're going to do 20 questions. Let's kick that off in our marquee. The marquee. You can hear the chatter from the crowd. All right. Question number one for you guys. 20 questions about the NBA season so far. Better title chances, the Brooklyn Nets or the Philadelphia 76ers. The Nets announced yesterday that James Harden will con- has suffered a setback with his hamstring and will continue to miss time. The big talking point out of that is the Nets are not going to have any time to play together with the big three. They're basically going to go into the playoffs having only played a handful of games with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden at the same time, as if those guys actually care about that. But... It's a big talking point. Meanwhile, the Philadelphia 76ers, for all their dominance and how good they are, they lose to the Golden State Warriors, a game they really should have won. That team is obviously flawed. The Nets obviously have questions about their big three. Raheem, let's start with you. Who do you think, uh, outside of the odds, because obviously the Nets are big favorites, who do you think has a better chance of getting through all of the battles of the playoffs, the Nets without continuity, or the Sixers with their various weaknesses? I'm going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers, and it's not because I'm from Philly. I think the talking point that everybody is missing is the fact that the Sixers are likely to get the number one seed without Kevin Durant and James Harden missing. And I'm big on the accumulation factor of different series. So if the Nets get the number two seed, that means they're going to have to go through Milwaukee and Philadelphia. And I think that tier of teams, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, they're, they're a step above everybody else. So if you have to go through Milwaukee and then Philadelphia, and then you have problems with rim protection, you, you really can't stop anybody inside. How do you make it, how do you make it through those, that gauntlet of teams alive and then still have to play the team in the Western Conference? So I'm going with the Sixers. I think, I think it's a pretty easy choice. I like it. I like the, the, that you are not going with the easy answer here. Um, Brandon, let's hear from you before I weigh in. Yeah, so I also think it's an easy choice, but I don't think that the Sixers are the easy choice. So that's interesting. Um, I don't really care that James Harden has re-injured his hamstring uh, as far as title odds go. Like the first round matchup is going to just be a walkover in all likelihood. And by the time that we get to games that matter, it's going to be like June and James Harden will be fine and Kevin Durant will be fine and Kyrie Irving will be fine. And those three guys will be a lot better than fine. They'll be playing together 
and they'll be really good. And I, I'm not that afraid of having to play Milwaukee instead of, you know, Boston or Miami or someone in the second round. Like I'd prefer the other team, of course, but that's not enough for me to, to swing things if I'm the Nets. And I think that they think that way as well. Um, I just think we've said all season, like when you've got those three guys, you just have so many answers in a playoff series. There's just so many, there's three guys that can just go win a game right now by myself tonight, just because, and Philadelphia has one. Probably we're not even positive because we haven't seen it yet in the playoffs from Joel Embiid, but it's not going to be Ben Simmons. It's not going to be Tobias Harris. Those guys aren't just going to go win you the game tonight or win you the series or take over. They don't, I, I don't think that they have that same gear that the other three, the three stars on the nets and uh, to me, Philadelphia, I just don't see I, – I don't know that they have enough possible answers to the questions that can come to win a title. Whatever questions are going to come up in four different series, in four different styles, in, in whatever, whatever things that might come, I think the Nets have so many possible answers. If the Nets stay healthy, I don't think this is even close. To me, the Nets' question marks are the injuries, but – if, if I think that they're going to mostly stay healthy, and I have to think that for now, none of these injuries right now worry me super long-term. And I just, I don't trust Philadelphia to have answers four series in a row yet until I, I mean, I guess until I see it, they're just going to have to show me that they have the answers. Even if they get out of the East, I'm not going to like them against most any of the choices in the West. What's interesting here is right now I bet MGM, the Sixers have longer odds than the Bucks. That's really interesting. The Bucks, the Sixers are, are zeroing in on the number one seed. And like Raheem said, their path is a lot easier. And yet they're plus 1,000 and the Bucks are plus 800. I think that's really, I, that's fascinating to me. Um, I have some concerns with the Sixers. I think you're over, I, I will say this. I think Tobias Harris could have a game, right? Like if it's, if it's 3-1 or if it's 3-2, let's say, and you're going into a game six, I think Tobias can step up and win you game six to, in order to get you to, to a game seven. Um, I don't think Ben Simmons can have a game, unfortunately. It's, I, I love everything that Simmons does. I just don't think you need a guy that can rise up and hit mid-range jumpers. So you just do. You just need a pull-up shooter, and they all have it. Like They have a spot-up shooter in Seth, but I don't trust. I, I've compared this... Um, the Sixers team a little bit to the Celtics of 2008, right? Where it's like, if Simmons is Ray Allen because he's a specialist, Ray could, Ray was a shooter, right? But not like super dynamic at the rim, but Simmons is super dynamic at the rim, but can't shoot. And Embiid is like KG. Then mm-hmm. like, can Tobias Harris be your Paul Pierce? And like, that seems like a, that seemed the answer like on service seems like, no, of course not. What are you talking about? Paul Pierce is a Hall of Famer. But, I mean, it is an interesting question. I also look at it and say, you know, Brandon, you did say that you're like, I'm not worried about the first round. Okay, so I just, I, I'm not willing to complete, I do, I'm not in on them. I'm just not willing to completely disregard the heat right now. Because right now, the, the, I am. the seven, I, I know you are. The seven, eight would be heat versus Hornets. I trust the heat to get that done. If you are the Nets and you go into a second round series and you are not, and you're like, oh, we're just going to figure it out on the fly. The Heat are not the team to do that against. Like, I would not advise screwing around versus the Miami Heat. They have too much talent. They're too well coached. They have too much versatility. Like, I'm not saying they'll get, they'll get knocked off. I'm still very high on the Nets, but I am very curious about that. I can't figure out the Bucs Nets matchup in my head. I, I can't figure it out. I really can't. Um, staying home on Joe Harris, which is what they will do in drop coverage seems really good, but you can't play drop versus Kyrie. Like he literally will go off for 60 points a game. I don't know who, like you have guys that can probably like hang with Kate with, with Katie. I don't know who guards hard. Like it's a, it's a really confusing matchup for me. I just, I don't know what to make of Nets bucks. But you know what? You said it earlier this year, and I think you actually got me on board. The Nets don't have anybody to build that wall with to stop Giannis. Like, Giannis can legitimately average 40 in that series. And I think these these, these two teams played in February, um, and it was pretty much a one-point win for the Nets. And I I think that's a series where – 
where the Bucks are really live. And the fact that you have to go through Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid and back-to-back series potentially for a team that really can't stop anybody at the rim. Like, they struggled with Willie Hearn and Gomez at, at points in that game on Monday night. So I yep. just – I just think I think it's, it's it's just too tough to overcome that accumulation factor, and then have to play the team in the West. After if you just so happen to beat Giannis and Embiid, you're gonna have to deal with Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard. It's just too much. All right, uh, Raheem, you you were in on the Nets like a month ago. Like we we were we had a podcast about a month ago. We all I'm like- still in, I'm still in on, on the Nets, but I mean they asked me who. And we're talking about who should have better finals odds. Like right now, the finals odds are Nets minus one ten, and they have all these injuries, and they have to go through the two of the best teams in the East. So it's just like I gotta choose the Sixers, even though I think the Nets are better. So you're taking the Sixers because of the odds, or would you make the Sixers the favorite? I I still think the Nets are a slight favorite, but it's not as big as it was before because. The accumulation factor. Oh, sounds about right. Number question number two: What number would you have to get Steph Curry at to take him to win MVP right now? Uh, Brandon, let's start with you. Yeah, I. He's plus two thousand right now at BetMGM twenty to one. This is awesome. I, I love what we're seeing. I woke up excited today just because Steph Curry is playing tonight. Like, remember that? Remember when? Curry was playing and you just watched. That's it. That's it. Didn't matter. Nothing else. Whoever the opponent was, you just had to watch Steph Curry play. I, I, I need to pause and I need to note something because I forgot to notice this. Last week, we did an hour episode. We did it over an hour and 20 minutes. Among the many things we talked about last week, the original pop was, was an hour and 20 minutes. I had to edit stuff to get it down. One of the things that we cut was Brandon talking at length about taking Steph Curry at that time to be the NBA scoring leader and his MVP odds. And then immediately after that, Steph had like another three games of awesomeness and all of that cut down. So I am giving Brandon right now his victory lap. He was completely right. This would be a great time to cash out on those. You would basically cut like if, if they allowed a cash out on the book you use, they would have allowed like it would, it would have basically been, what, like a 50% increase or more in value based off of where, how much the, the odds moved. So Brandon was ahead of this. Brandon made this point, and I had to cut stuff because these two talked too much, and I had to get it down or Matt Mitchell was going to kill me. So there you go, Brandon. Thank you. I accept. I accept this rose, and uh, this was my back to the future for the week. So I'm just going to throw it in right now. When, when we were going to talk about this last week, when we did talk about it, at the time, Curry was 4-1 to one to be the scoring champ and was coming up quickly on Beal. He since has passed him. They're playing each other tonight, so that's interesting. Although this is off the books now at BetMGM. Um, I think that they kind of see where this is heading. Um, it, he was 12-1 to one the week before, which was actually my lamenting last week that we couldn't get it at 12-1 to one anymore, but that we could still at 4-1. to one. MVP... He has gone from 50 to 1 to 20 to 1 this week. My lament last week was that he was at 100 to 1 and was a little longer even the week before that. Uh, My fear for this answer is that I think that it's too late. We're we're too late. The value has gone 20 to 1. I don't see a ton of value there. I would sprinkle a little bit perhaps just because it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun ride just to keep keep riding this each night that Steph shows up and drops 45 and 10 three-pointers again. Like that's just a line that we can just do in, in human accomplishments. Like Raheem doesn't believe in human accomplishment, but Raheem, you got to watch Steph Curry because I guess he's just not human. He's just doing stuff that we're not supposed to do. And yeah, I, I don't know what the line is. Uh, 20 to one. I'm not going to take it too much further than that because I already have the hundred to one. But I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he can make a push for second. But at the end of the day, he's not going to pass Jokic in the standings. He's not going to get out of the play-in game. We're not going to pick an MVP from a seven or eight seed. This is super fun. I'd love to see it. I'd love to believe. But I don't think he has a month of this still in him. And shooting is going to even out. <coughs> about it. I'm going to go with... 
I, um, I think it, I think the numbers should be around 100 to 1. Um, I mean, my projection model has them getting like 9% of the MVP shares. I mean, they, they're a ninth seed right now. Um, you know, when I look at this Warriors team, Steph Curry's averaging 40 points a game over the last 11 games, and they're just 7-4. and four. Like, you got to win some games. I mean, his, I mean, it's not his fault that his teammates stink, but it's just like historically – MVPs just don't come from a seven for eighth seed. So it's just like, I, I don't see any value in betting this other than, you know, betting it last week, like Brandon said, and, and getting the cash out value. What I'm curious, Matt, you've brought up before wishing that we could bet on like MVP finish. So if there was a way, I guess, Matt, as you're answering, what would be your odds on Steph Curry finishing top three in the MVP race? That's a really good question. Uh, I don't have the odds memorized like Raheem does, so I have to pull up our odds calculator on actionnetwork.com. I would take stuff at anything better, anything better than minus 150. If you get him better than that, I think right now, as much as Embiid has been good this entire year and as many advocates, so here's a big problem. A lot of the same people that you have heard advocating for Joel over Nikola Jokic are the same people that love Steph Curry, and they have been also advocating for him. So, like, where we're at right now is everyone's like, it has to be Jokic. I don't necessarily want it. Like, this is not me. I think it should be Jokic, and I think he deserves it and should be voted for. But, like, the voters in large part are like, I don't necessarily want to vote for Jokic, but how do I deny the numbers, the impact, everything else? Plus, we have like a lot of evidence that group think it like there's a, a natural attraction as the season goes on to one candidate and that they wind up taking the majority, which is what we saw in that straw poll from ESPN at 90 to 5. So you got him there. I think I think Embiid lost a lot in that like one games should not matter, but they do matter. Curry basically just dismantling Embiid Sixers on Monday on national TV matters, especially this late in the season. Steph is more fun than Embiid. Steph is as beloved as Embiid is, um, probably, and more so. The narrative story is great of, you know, the two-time MVP is back to show you who the best shooter in the whole world is. Um, Three-point shots, I don't understand it, but three-point shots do something to the human brain. Like, I really want to do, like, a neurochemical study because people's reactions when somebody makes a three-pointer, a wild three-pointer especially, are insane. If you put a dude in the blender in the post, people are like, ooh, good move. If you just, like, raise up and throw up, bomb it up a shot from 45 feet, people lose their minds. So I think Steph should be honestly be, like, I would, I would, I think Steph will finish number two based off of the projection of, of how he's going. I don't have any real reason to think him slowing it. Like he will slow down at some point. Steph doesn't do this for like entire seasons. He has dips and valleys since 2016. Um, he will hit a stretch where he, you know, doesn't shoot as well, or he'll get nicked or, or, you know, he'll get, he'll bruise an arm or something. Um, but I also don't know how much longer like Embiid's going to have to push it because the nets are basically not going to chase like they're just they're not going to chase for that one, and so I think the Sixers will put distance between them, and then Embiid sits, and if Curry is still rattling these off th- through the end of the season, I think that he's able able to get there. Um, I would take, like I would take Curry at twenty to one right now. Like I will take Curry. I'm gonna. I haven't done it yet, but I'm gonna take Curry at twenty to one. I still think there's value there. I just can't really stress enough. Like they don't want to vote for for Jokic. Like I don't have a reason for you. This I don't, I don't, I don't have the explanation, but I'm not the only one that's noticed this. The problem with this is that because I covered Denver, there's an idea that I'm creating like a nobody believes in us category. I moved to Denver like 10 years ago. I'm like, I'm a Grizzlies fan. Okay. Like mm. this is not a thing for me. Like I cover the team and I do try and provide them with more of a national perspective because I don't think they get a lot of it. But at the same time, like I just would, I would be advocating for Jokic no matter where I lived. If I still lived in Kansas City, which is where I was before I moved out here, I would still be advocating for Jokic. He is clearly the best candidate. But I am telling you, like Zach Lowe had a monologue the other day on his podcast. And in it, he noted, he's like, there's just a lot of really skewed arguments being made to try and find somebody else. I cannot feel confident that Jokic is going to win when so many people seem just genuinely livid that they have to vote for the 6'10", 
not jacked Serbian passer. Like they're just mad about it. And so until that happens, like I think there's, there's still going to be value, especially on somebody like Curry who everybody just loves. Um, I don't think Curry is going to be able to win enough games. There's too far back. Like they really, I mean, you look at the numbers, like they're, this is what's crazy. Everyone's like, well, what about what, what about the fact that when, you know, it's, it's when Curry doesn't play, you know, they, they're, they can't win anything when Curry doesn't play. They're only six games ahead of 500. When Curry does play the nuggets are 17 games above 500. What are we doing here? Yeah, I, yeah, and, I and what's their record it. when Jokic doesn't play? Oh wait, oh, that wait. never happens. He does. He always plays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to to me, I, I agree with all of that. I also think that that Sixers Warriors game the other night, like we, we've we've done this conversation now for like a week or two. The Jokic is the MVP. What are we talking about? Conversation, and it feels like we have nearly run out of time, and and I could see it a world where like about a week from now, Jokic has had another big game and, you know, like he does every night. Like I could see about a week from now where the media kind of decides, all right, you know what? If we're going to have to give it to Jokic, fine. Let's switch the conversation and talk about who's going to be a second on our ballot now. Is it Embiid? Is it Steph? Who is it? Who is it? And, and just kind of like move on from Jokic by admitting he's the MVP but being more excited about, okay, what's the next conversation? Now, who's, who's second? And like getting excited about Steph for that race. And I, I could see that developing. I, it's really hard for me to envision what the scenario is for someone to catch Jokic at this point, even given all the things that we just said. I just think it's too close to the end. And Embiid is the candidate to do it. Like Steph, Steph is coming from so far behind. And even if he's taking three steps for every two steps, the other guys are taking right now, it's just so much ground to make up. I think Embiid was the guy to do it. And I think this last week just made too much ground again. This is Action Network podcast producer, Matt Mitchell, here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new signup offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts, Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Let's stay with the awards and let's go to, would you cash out your Anthony Edwards rookie of the year futures now, if you're allowed Uh, the odds have flipped gentlemen, Uh, LaMelo ball is supposed to return this regular season. The Hornets said yesterday that they are hopeful that he will return for the regular season. There's indications that he's back on the court playing Um, when he given his injury and the early indications that they expected him to play when his odds drop to plus 200, every book I have, I put money on plus 200. I put money on LaMelo at plus two, which is great because I have to pay off the money that I owe Justin Fan for betting Obi Toppin versus LaMelo Ball versus the field. Um, don't think Obi Toppin's going to get it. I just doesn't seem likely. History will tell, my friends, who the better player is. But um, at this point... <clears throat> The odds have now flipped, and LaMelo Ball at MGM is minus 250. Like, it has flipped. So, Raheem Palmer, is it time to cash out those Anthony Edwards futures if you got him in at a good price before the move or after when everybody thought that LaMelo was going to miss the end of the season? 
You know, speaking of bets, I think I'm close to clenching that Sixers over Celtics um, bet with you. So I think you're going to owe me some money as well. Yep, so. <laughs> yep, yep. Not, not a banner year for me. Um, I'm cashing out. I mean, I think it's an easy decision. Um, it's kind of it's kind of similar to Jokic, but in reverse. Everybody's going to vote for Lamelo. Um, and there's a reason why the books went to minus 280. So cash out those futures. Lamelo's going to win this, especially when he gets back on the court. The Hornets are a good team. They're in a, a race for a playoff um, chances. So they, they should be – Lamelo's going to win this. <laughs> Brandon? Yeah, Lamelo's going to win it. I'm not cashing out only because I think the value is gone. Like, I think you've made your bet. It, it, your window to cash out was like four minutes after the Lamella news broke. And then yep. five minutes after it was mm. too late because the yep. odds moved and they closed it. And like, I, I looked at the odds this morning and was like, okay, well, I like being contrarian is Ant the contrarian pick now. And I, I don't think that it's over only in that like Lamelo is a rookie who's barely played and he's going to come back and we don't know what he's going to look like. Like it's very plausible that he comes back plays three or four games, isn't very good because he's not totally healthy and ready to go yet, and then they shut him down. It's just too much, and we'll try again next year. Like, that's, that would be normal. That would be a normal outcome to happen, and maybe Ant has a good end of the season. Um, I, I think if, if the odds keep dropping and suddenly Ant is like 4-1 to one or something, I think it could be an interesting play right before Lamelo actually plays again. But right now we're just stuck in the middle and you just got to ride it and, and hope that something swings in your favor if you still have your ant features. Question number four. Is this the year Paul George shakes his playoff foibles reputation? Is this year playoff P becomes playoff P? Now, I hate this narrative because I remember, like I have enough um, member berries to remember that playoff, that Paul George was a beast in the 2013 and 2014 playoffs and was awesome. Um, I also don't think that it was his fault that the Thunder lost to the Blazers because Billy Donovan decided to never put two on ball versus Damian Lillard for some goddamn reason. Uh, and that playoff that Paul George had two broken shoulders that he both had surgery on. But there's this perception of him. George has been playing absolutely amazing over the last month. Um, I got the what about him? Why isn't he in the MVP conversation tweets last night? Uh, because everybody belongs in the MVP conversation. Just absolutely everybody uh, apparently deserves to be in. So I will ask you, Raheem Palmer, Clippers believer, is this the year that Paul George changes the playoff narrative about him? You know, I was about to say the same thing as you. I mean, Paul George has had some great playoffs. I, I just don't know where this narrative that he stinks in the playoffs comes from. I mean, obviously, you know, he didn't perform well in the bubble. But, I mean, I, I take the bubble with a grain of salt. You had guys playing above their head. You had guys being depressed and just didn't want to be there. But Paul George, is, you know, he's had some monstrous playoff series. Like, even in the um, series against the Blazers, he scored 36 in that last um, – he scored 36 in game six on um, 14 to 20 shooting. Um, he had some monster games in that series. Even against Joe Ingles, um, he's put up – I think the game one, he was 36 on 13 to 20 shooting. Paul George is going to be fine. Um you know, and, and most of the playoff series I've seen him in, he's been, you know, one of the best players in the series. Like, even in that Raptors series um, in 2016, he almost single-handedly won that. But at some point, you know, the bitch has got to do their job. He held his own um, 2017 against the, um, the Cavs. He'll be fine. The Clippers are going to be fine. I think, you know, other than the Lakers, they're, they're going to be a favorite to anybody. And I think he's going to show improved this year. Brandon? So I say no. I, I agree that I, I don't know why Paul George has the reputation he does. He was awesome for a bunch of Pacers runs, and he is not like he's been terrible since then. However, reputations are what they are. And for whatever reason, we have all agreed that Kawhi Leonard is a basketball god who does nothing wrong and is a Hall of Famer and is should have won like 10 MVPs by now. And Paul George sucks. He always comes up short. It's his fault. He's the guy. And I feel like Paul George is like, Kevin Love or uh, Chris Bosh now, where the, what, the question you're asking me is, are the Clippers going to win the title? Because if they don't win the title, we have to blame someone, and we can't blame Kawhi because he's unimpeachable, so we have to blame Paul George. And I don't think the Clippers are going to win the title, so I don't think he's going to shake his reputation. 
Question number five. How are you going to bet the Lakers when AD is back before LeBron? Raheem, you got any insights from your model about what that's going to look like? Uh, um, I think I'm going to be betting them the same way I bet them now. Um, I'm just going to be picking my spots on different teams because, you know, obviously Anthony Davis is great, but I mean, this team doesn't have a lot of ball handlers outside of Schroeder and LeBron. So I just, um, they're not a team that I, I want to be just, you know, playing every night. Um, no, I mean, I, I know that you're always, it's always about the number. I get that. I'm just saying like, um, is it, it sounds like from you, you don't think that they're going to be underrated by the market. No. When he comes back, you think it's probably the opposite? Yeah, without a doubt. Brandon? Should Anthony Davis be in the MVP picture? <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Anderson is a hater. Guys, not everybody has to be in the MVP conversation. Um, I, look, we've seen Anthony Davis play with a bunch of average players. Like that's, That was Anthony Davis always before the Lakers. It wasn't very good. So I'm not that excited to bet on them. I'll probably be looking to fade it just because they're going to boost the line. It's the Lakers. It's already boosted. And now Davis is back, but I'm not that excited about that team. They need LeBron. LeBron James, oldest starting player in the NBA. Number six, who's in the most trouble, Dallas, Portland, or Memphis? Brandon? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I think if I had to pick one of the three, I think Portland um, I wrote about the game that they're playing the the Nuggets tonight. And uh, I think, Matt, you said on, on Twitter last night, like this kind of feels like the Blazers' last stand. Like they're, they're, they're maybe rushing. I hope not, but they might be rushing Dame back to play in this one. Nurkic is back. They really needed to beat the Clippers yesterday. They blew it and lost by a point at the end. And they're slipping. The whispers are starting to come about the Terry Stotts thing and – it, you know, this team has kind of been what it is for a while and it's moving in the wrong direction. And I feel like once those whispers start and once those things start, it's, it's really hard to slow down. Their defense is abysmal. They can't defend anybody. And, you know, Dallas has, has been quite good since February 1st. They've been closer to the top tier of West teams than the rest of the group. Memphis is about to get Jaron Jackson back and has stayed where they're at despite a lot of things all year. I just, I don't have a lot of belief in P- Portland left. Welcome to the Terry Stotts experience. Raheem? Going with Dallas. Um, I, I can't get a handle on this Dallas team. I mean, this team is, they're an offensive-minded team that stinks on offense. Raheem Palmer is falling out of love. <laughs> like, I mean, over the last couple, I mean, let's be real. Like, over the last couple of weeks, you know, they're just 17 for offensive rating, um, scoring 113 points per 100 possessions. I'm not really high on the Blazers, but at least the Blazers have a top five offense. This, this, this Dallas team, they're not really good on defense. They're not really good on offense. It, it's just, it's Luka and a bunch of guys. I mean, they should have lost to the Blazers. They should have lost to the, um, the Grizzlies last week. They struggled against the Knicks. Um, I mean, they, they lost against the Kings. I, I'm just not impressed with this team at all. They, they've dropped four out of the last five games. Um, so I don't know if they've been one of the top teams in the Western Conference. It's, it, I, I'm just disappointed with them. KP is not the guy that we thought he would be. Luka's great, but they got to revamp this roster. I don't know what Harala Bob is doing. Um, one of the best NBA betters of all time, but they got to do something. <laughs> Uh, I will say that Portland is the choice here. Um, Memphis, I actually think like they've just had bad luck. They just, they just have had bad luck. Uh, they could have won the game versus Denver. <clears throat> um, Ja tried to an off the, the backboard jam um, to win the game in overtime, which was bold, but probably not the best decision. Jaron Jackson Jr. probably gets back this week. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. Um, the Portland game is really interesting. I can see them winning this game. Uh, which will well, probably have already happened by the time you, you hear this podcast um, versus Denver. And that kind of like kickstarting a run. But the big thing that's kind of becoming apparent, um, if you pay attention to the beat writers who have always been very defensive of Stotts for right, for like good reasons, because they know he's a very good coach, like that started to shift a little bit. And one of the things that's become a persistent kind of question is how is it that Portland has added Robert Covington. They added Rodney Hood before they traded him. They added Norman Powell. They added all these guys. They have use of Nurkic, and the defense still sucks. How is that the deal? 
Um, this team feels very much like a team that like needs to get it together and have an emotional push. And because the season is so hard, they can't find that energy. Um, and that I think is why they're in like a really tough spot here. Uh, they're O and seven versus teams that are top 10 in offense and defense, their record versus, um, teams that are above five or 500 or better is the worst amongst all of the Western conference playoff teams, including the ones in the plan. They can't beat good teams. And that's a real, like you're going to have to beat good teams at some point. Um, yeah. They're in, I think real danger Dallas. I don't know. Like Dallas might just like my Dallas might benefit just by default. Like that might be is Memphis is too young <laughs> to get it together. Uh, and Portland melts down, but it's going to be an interesting race for that six seed through the last couple of weeks. Before we continue here, we want to show some love for our sponsor, the Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing has been making some of the most flavorful beers money can buy. Beers that celebrate the innovation of great craft beer, but without the alcohol. So if you want to take it easy on the booze and keep your gambling wits about you, Athletic Brewing's award-winning beers are a great option. If you want to support this show, head to athleticbrewing.com, check out their selection, and place an order using code ACTION15. This gets new customers 15% off their first order. And if you order two or more six packs, shipping is always free. That's athleticbrewing.com. Use the code ACTION15 on that first order and enjoy great taste while keeping your gambling edge. Number seven, why are the Charlotte Hornets such long odds to win the division? The Charlotte Hornets are plus 2,200 at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. And this to me is a little confusing. So. The Hawks are, are 32 and 26. The Hornets are 28 and 29. Um, I understand that they've, uh, the Hawks have fewer games played. I understand that the Hawks are six games over 500 and the Hornets are one game under. I understand all of that. Um, however, like this is only a three game differential in the loss column. Atlanta has been inconsistent all year and yet we're getting 22 to one. I don't really understand this, uh, Brandon Anderson. I don't understand why the Charlotte Hornets are such long odds, especially if they get Lamella ball back and Gordon Hayward at some point. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, we were looking at division odds and, and I was looking through and I kind of feel like the divisions are the division races are over. I, I feel like the, the leaders are what they are. The one division odd that's not a favorite that caught my attention was this Hornets 22 to one. And it's it's not even necessarily a bet on the Hornets as much as it's just being very very happy to bet against the Hawks and the Heat. Like I, I I've not been in on the Heat all season. I still don't get excited about the Heat. I think the Hawks are solid. I, I think the Hawks are maybe better than we're giving them credit for, but they're still not that great. And I still wouldn't be at all surprised to see them like lose four to six suddenly and and you know the Hornets win a few games and I don't know twenty two to one is what is that like 4% chance? I just don't think it should be a 4% chance. I got, I think the Hornets have better than a 4% chance. I think it's a decent long odds to take. I'm not that excited about who the Hornets are, but they're just kind of a middle team that wins some games. We know this by now. We know that they show up in clutch somehow every time. And I'm willing to bet against the heat and the Hawks. Um, I'm not allowed to bet on this because I can't bet on the Charlotte Hornets ever again. <laughs> Uh, because they live to drain the money from my wallet and send it into the void. So, Raheem, what do you think about those odds? Um, I don't like them at all. I mean, I think the Hornets have 14 games left. They might be a favorite in, like, three of them. I mean, <laughs> they, <laughs> I, have, I think they have, they're a favorite against Cleveland and a favorite against probably Detroit. Um, they play Detroit twice. Um, and then maybe Orlando or Chicago. I mean – I'm giving them four games in which they're a favorite against. Um, so I, I just, and they have to make up ground at the same time. Um, and then obviously the Hawks are going to get some of their guys back. I think John Collins returns tonight. I think this is um, dead money. Let's go to uh, number eight. So this is in regards to in a playoff series. I'm not even necessarily talking about betting them to win the series. I am talking about finding spots where you think that they are going to be undervalued by the market. Uh, the question is, what are the East teams you're hoping get a good matchup for them to bet as an underdog? So what do you think is a team that can take advantage of their matchups in the playoffs? They're like None of us like the East teams. I get it. They're all flawed. But what's a team in the Eastern Conference that you're looking for to say, like, I think the market is going to undervalue them? Raheem? And you say New York City. 
start spreading the news. I gotta go with them. I mean, Whoa. I don't think I know, I know it sounds crazy because, you know, obviously I got the New York fan base, but I think with Thibs coaching, they can steal a couple games. Um, they're one of those teams that it's, it's just going to sneak up on somebody. Um, so I'm going with them. <laughs> okay, I am 100% against you. They're the team I'm going to be probably looking to fade the most, and here's why. Tibbs teams don't have another gear. They play so hard in the regular season, they can't go any – like, they struggle when everyone tries hard. Like, that is the definition of, like, Tibbs teams. Um, plus, you know that New York is going to absolutely get, like l- – they're going to be such a public team, Raheem. Like, the Knicks yeah. are going to be such a public team in the playoffs. That's true. But, I mean, I could see them playing – I mean, they're in the fifth seed now. But this let's is mostly just, say, just a sign of how little you respect all the other East teams. That's, yeah, like, that's mostly yeah. what. But this I'm is. just saying, like, what if Boston moves up to the fourth or fourth seed or something like that? Yeah, I hear it, you. It's just, it's tough. I hear you. Brandon? Yeah, I don't have a great answer for this for the same reason that I just have a hard time talking myself into an East team. So I think that my answer actually is also in New York, but Brooklyn. And I, I know that sounds crazy because where is Brooklyn an underdog? But I think they will be. I think there's going to be I, – I will watch for the game where the Nets just look like they have no idea how to play basketball and they're down 15 in the second quarter. and But they're still playing like New York or Miami or Boston. And I will bet the Nets because with those guys, as long as the Nets are healthy – I will bet them to just decide, oh, we flipped the switch, we remember how to play basketball, and we stole this game as, as an underdog or as, as a money line favorite. They have one of those series where they go down like two games to one. They blow a home game. They, everyone has the conversation of, oh, look, this, the regular season is coming back to haunt them. They have never played basketball together. They don't know how to shoot. And then I will bet the Knicks at, at like even odds or slight underdog odds. So it's, it's not a conventional underdog. But I will be looking to to find a spot to play the Nets because I think they're that much better than your East options as long as they're healthy. I like how you somehow found a way to go galaxy brain <laughs> on the Nets as an underdog. Like you're so contrarian <laughs> that that's where you went to. Right? I, I couldn't find any other option. That's all I, I come love up it. with. Um, mine, and I'm going to stare right at Raheem Palmer as I say this. Mine is the Boston Celtics. <laughs> so look. They've lost a ton of games to injury. They lost, they've been hit harder by COVID than almost any other team outside of maybe Washington. Okay. They have a switchable defense. They have tough shot makers in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They have a clutch player in Kemba Walker who definitely has struggled, but still has some games where you're like, oh, hey, Kemba. Like, all right. They still have Marcus Smart. They're still very well coached, even though I think Brad Stevens has been overrated in general. Now he's getting to be about accurately rated, if not underrated. If they're at a 4-5 versus the Hawks, I don't know what the odds maker's going to put that at. Like, that's going to be interesting. You think? I don't think so. The Celtics were the other team that I thought about answering, but I I feel like they're an answer. I, I agree. I agree with all the things you just said. The Celtics are another team. They love to just like fall way behind and come way back or go way ahead and then let the other team come back. So I, I would be looking for these Celtics opportunities. Like I said, with the Nets, I just don't think they're going to be around long enough for it to be, to matter that much. Like they could come from behind in a series down three, one in the first round, if they're playing like Miami or Atlanta or someone and win the series, or they come from down 15 in the game and win the game, they have that moxie in them. Then after the first round, eh, whatever, they're done. Like, it's, it's not going to last that long. I don't think they have any chance of being an underdog against the Hawks, though. I have one more for you. What if the Heat grab the six and it's, it's Bucks Heat again? Yeah. I, I've, I've been looking at that one and wondering if the Heat, like, would you put it past Jimmy Butler and the Heat to tank? into the sixth seed at the end right. of the season just to get Milwaukee. And I would not put it past them because the Heat aren't good. It, and, <laughs> and I would, if I were them, I would openly tank. I would play the worst guys on the roster and start them just so that Milwaukee knows we're coming for you. I want you to know we are purposely losing. We want you in the first round because we know we're going to beat you. If Raheem, this is craziness. The, the Heat can't score points this season. Like I, I just think 
I think people are so wrapped up in what they saw last year. I know a lot of people expect the Celtics to beat the Heat, which I didn't. Um, but, I mean, Tyler Harrell's not the same guy. Victor Oladipo is on his last legs. Who knows if he's coming back? Um, all of their shooters regress. This team can't score points. I mean, they almost lost to the Nets the other day in a game in which, Kyle, in which KD got hurt mid-game. Like, they really should have lost that game. I just, I'm not impressed with this team at all. They're a great defensive team, but offensively, I think the Bucs beat them in, in five. Wow. Okay. All right. Wow. I'm going to have to chew through that. All right. West team, same question. What's the West team that you're like, I want to I see if they can get into a good matchup and bet them as a dog, whether it's game by game or for the series. Brandon? Yeah, I think that it's probably the Dallas Mavericks, but I don't feel great about it. Um, it's of all the teams that are expected to be seated, all the teams that w- should be an underdog in a series, East or West, they're the team that I would feel best about because at any moment in any game or any series, they can have the best player on the court or in the series. And I don't know if I think that about any of those other underdog teams. And I'm not saying Luca will be, but he could be. He could take that step. He could just take over in a game. They do look really good when Porzingis is healthy and plays well, even if it doesn't happen that often. Um, I think there's something like 22 and 11 since the start of February, like genuinely good, like not quite in that bottom tier of teams. And I, I just think as long as you have Luca, you have a shot and you're going to, I would give them a shot where most of my other underdog options, I'm not giving much of a shot to. So I, in the first round, I will likely be looking to play the Mavericks game by game and in the series, even to come back in the series. They're going to likely be playing against probably the Suns or the Clippers, two teams I don't have a ton of confidence in, especially as closing out sort of teams. You know, like they're they're teams that are unproven, that need to show they can win and finish a job. And the Mavericks feel like a team that would play with nothing to lose that could overcome that sort of thing. So I could see it. I don't know that it'll happen. I watched the Mavericks the other night and was just like, man, this team just stinks. Like it's just, it's, it's that ceiling that I want to be there, that the, the numbers think are there, that Luca thinks is there. I don't know that it's there, but I haven't found it from any of my other options. So Dallas. Raheem? I'm going, I'm going to skip to the second round and go with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they're likely going to be underdog against somebody in the second, in the second round. And I think they're live. I think, you know, this is probably one of the best teams in the league that's still not getting respect from the market. I mean, in the playoffs, when the shots get harder, you have two guys in Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Um, Devin Booker's in the 97 percentile mid-range shooting percentage. Chris Paul's in the 93rd percentile. This team is top 10 in offense and top 10 in defense. They're a championship contender that's not really be respect, being respected. To me, they're better than the Jazz. So if they play the Jazz at some point in the playoffs, I'm all over the, all over the Suns. I think they're live against the Clippers as much as I like the Clippers. They're live against the Lakers. They get to the second round. I'm, I might, I might, I might be on the Suns. <laughs> yeah. So if they get the, let's say they, they they grab the one seed. Let's say the Jazz stumble and trip, and the Jazz grab the one seed, which is still very possible. And they get the Lakers second round. Um, I I don't. I'm gonna be really curious to see how the books treat that. You know, like like what does that line look like? You know, because the Lakers were such a big favorite in so many games last year, but their competition was also very weak. So it's like, does that look like maybe five and a half less? Like game one, game one, Suns. Lakers, you think it's less? Do you think it's like Lakers at home or like what two and a half? Yeah, I'm struggling to price that right now because right. I just don't. Ha- I don't have many metrics on a f- like on the Lakers full season right now, and I just so, don't know how LeBron and AD are going to look coming back. So I feel like I mean part of it though is like they have because the Lakers are such a public team. It's got to get. It's got to get like that's maybe like the choice of selection because the Lakers are such a public team. You get a, you get an underrated Suns team versus the Lakers with a popularity bump, right? Yeah. Because the Clippers are not going to get that same public support. They won't. Yeah. You know, like if anything, the Sharps are going to go the other way. Yeah. So like that's good. I think that's going to be really interesting. Uh, we're going to do one more. We'll do the other 10 next week in part two. 
of our top of our 20 questions because predictably we've gone long because these guys have lots to say all the time. Um, number 10 is why do we not jump on Julius Randall to win most improved player earlier? Julius Randall. He's now the heavy favorite. Why? Do, I don't know what we were thinking. We just like, we, we watched every week as he was a dog to Jeremy Grant, who clearly was not going to make the playoffs and clearly was playing a little bit above a ceiling. And we watched the Knicks like hang in there and hang in there and hang in there in the playoffs. And we, we never jumped, like we never seriously like grabbed it. Why did we not like, he's very, I, to me, I'm like, he's obviously going to win. Like he's getting, he, he's, he is in the, why are we not talking about him for MVP yeah. group with 50 other players? Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe we let this slide. Like, I don't remember us doing this on, on back to the future. If I'm wrong. I, I, I see. I, I mentioned it at one point. Yeah. But I think the thing is, this is probably the deepest field we've ever seen for most improved player. Like, I think we expected the Knicks to regress um, for various reasons. But then, I mean, you also have to look at the fact that Jalen Brown is having a monster season. Like he, I mean, Brandon actually mentioned Jalen Brown. He's the type of guy who would normally win most improved player. Zach Levine, we mentioned him. NBA All-Star, Zach Levine. He's also the type of guy who would win most improved player. I mean, both of these guys have had 40 and 50 point games this year. Um, So it's just like, I can see where we never really made a definitive choice. And then obviously this season has been longer than any other. It feels like, you know, we've had, a stop where Kristen Wood was the the favorite. We had a stop where Jeremy Grant was the favorite. Um, there's just been so many names. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's I, gonna be it's gonna be Randall though. Like it's very obvious. Yeah. I feel like yeah. until like I saw that number, I was like, why why have we just not been betting? Why why have we not jump on that earlier? Yeah. yeah, I agree. I I I'm mad. I'm mad that we <laughs> didn't see it. That none of us got there. I I know we we have mentioned it. it it's it's come up, and we've just. Uh, we, none of us get credit for it because none of us grabbed it and pushed for it. For me, why I missed it is my blinders were on for Jalen Brown. He was my preseason pick. We talked about it early. I think that he, I think he should be like on the ballot. I think he should be a top three. I think he's been really good and really improved. I also know that the most improved winner typically is a player that isn't, isn't Jeremy Grant who like is better now. Yay. More points and stuff like the recent most improved player winners are guys that make a bigger step into that upper echelon of players into the all NBA conversation. For me, I never thought Julius Randle could get there. He's there now. He's in that conversation. The Knicks are in that conversation. I think I, I, I never thought Jeremy Grant was a real choice. So I've always been looking for the other candidate. I just thought the other candidate was Jalen Brown who I think should is in that range, the fringe all NBA range sort of conversation. But I, I kept waiting for the Knicks to fall off. I kept waiting for Julius Randle's legs to fall apart because that's what happens when Tibbs plays you like 75 minutes a night. And it just didn't happen. And, and it's so dumb that we didn't talk about it and, and go for it because it's the Knicks. We've been waiting for like decades for any Knicks conversation. And we found the conversation is Julius Randle. He's definitely going to win. That's going to wrap it up for the Action Network NBA podcast. No Back to the Future this week. No uh, thanks for nothing um, other than, I guess, on NBA bet stream, I got caught with an, with an over finally. Um, we'll see if that repeats this week. Another NBA bet stream on Friday with me and Raheem alongside uh, Jared Quay and Preston Johnson. Make sure to check that out. Make sure to check out Heat Check on Wednesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Go to Action Network HQ on Twitter. It's our live show. It's awesome. We run down the best bets of the night, props, all sorts of analysis. Great stuff. Really fun show. We do a prop wheel. Uh, We fade the public. There's lots of great stuff on there. Check that out. Heat check, 6 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to download, rate, and review this podcast because it's great. And uh, check out all the great shows on the network as we get you set for the NFL draft, as we get you set for uh, more golf. Everything that you need to know to bet sports on the action network podcast for Raheem Palmer and Brandon Anderson. I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys again next time on the action network podcast, NBA edition. We're finished talking. <laughs>